Hola estrellitas, this is Sol, and this is Luna, and we are Chillonas, pero badass. live on air. <laughs> Luna? Yes, Sol. Is toxic masculinity real? Oh my god, yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? Tell me, like, what is it that you have calculated? So, okay, before I even answer that, I have always had, like, an issue with this, not in the sense where I don't think it's real, but in the sense that I need you to define it for me, because I'm always looking it up, I'm always, like, wanting to know the definition, because I'm so fucking technical sometimes, so can you please give me some insight? Is it because you have different ideas of what it is, or because it's literally just confusing? No, it's because I have different ideas of it. And for me, I think it's one thing, but I... Could could you share one idea what you believe it is? So for me, toxic masculinity relates to... It's like the same thing as machismo. Am I right or am I wrong? Right now, there's no right or wrong answers. I just want to hear more of your opinion. Okay. And then we can go from there. Okay, so for me, yeah, toxic masculinity goes back to like the machismo culture in in Latin America. And um, an example, I guess, of it for me, when I think of toxic masculinity would be specifically how, okay, the abortion law is going on in Texas right now. Those, uh, that situation like that for me is toxic masculinity because it's, it's men controlling the decision for a woman and controlling like what what should be happening with their bodies instead of giving us a voice and the opportunity to speak up for ourselves. It's interesting how you describe it because for a long time, my understanding was toxic masculinity and machismo were the same thing, but they're actually not. Definition of toxic masculinity is a set of attitudes and ways of behaving stereotypically associated with or expected of men regarded as having a negative impact on men and on society as a whole. And when you talk about machismo, machismo is more like it's it's strong or aggressive masculine pride and the belief of being superior to women. Does that kind of help you understand a little bit the differences? Mm -hmm. But it's it's not the same thing. And I think that the issue in toxic masculinity is in our society more than anything because it's pretty much like the expectations and the beliefs that of men are supposed to be a specific way it's for me I, I the way i think about it it's suppression of feelings for men and a lot of it has to do with their upbringing and then you got the upbringings in families you got society telling you your specific way right for example women are constantly being reminded through magazines commercials ads influencers throughout social media yeah. of the pressures of what we as women are supposed to look like or expected to look like mira this is what the woman looks like and if you don't look like it like it automatic just falls into that it's like the beauty standards of women and how men created it so that would be toxic masculinity right it's more like toxic masculinity is more within a man 
this is an example I really hated is when they're like, don't be a pussy. Yeah. Do you comprehend how powerful a pussy really is? Right. And how it's not meant to be derogatory, but you want to act like it's nothing. Bitch, it could eat you up. Como decía Jenny out. Rivera, no tengo los ojos, tengo los ovarios. <laughs> <laughs> and when you talk about machismo, it's more direct oppression towards women. It's being the macho de la casa. It's believing to be superior. It's more common, like you said, within Latinx com uh, communities and families. It's funny because that it like reminds me of of this term that we learned when I was in one of my um, Latinx classes at City College of San Francisco. One of my professors talked about it. And I wanted to ask you, do you know what Marianismo is? You and I have talked about it a little bit, but mm -hmm. I'm not super familiar with it. Okay, so let me like just explain to you a little bit about what it is. So Marianismo is a gender role and it was basically created from the Catholic Church, and it stems from the image of the Virgin Mary and how she was um, submissive and how she was pure, right? And so what Marianismo does is it intertwines with machismo. So machismo is like that mentality of like oppressing women, right? And like el hombre es el que manda. And Marianismo is is that um, that cultural like expectation of a woman should be submissive and should be passive and she should be sexually pure. And so what I found interesting when I was kind of looking this up to give you a little bit more insight on it is that machismo and marianismo were actually created um, together. And it was a model for gender, gender relations. So they were like hand in hand. So para el machismo tenía que ver una mujer que era marianista. And that's kind of like where you look at, for example, in my family, like when you look at the man and the woman, it's very much that el hombre es bien machista y la mujer is like very passive, very submissive to him. Le hace caso de todo lo que él dice. And so, yeah, I thought it was very interesting because I didn't know that, that machismo was created to be hand in hand with marianismo. It's interesting that you bring that up because it's something that's not commonly talked about like you hear machismo left and right but you don't really hear marianismo i think an example is like my aunt who talks about my cousin how she's going to beauty school and wants to learn how to do nails right but my aunt's issue is that my cousin won't have time to cook that she won't have time to tend to her husband tend to the kids and go to school o sea, hmm. instead of being encouraging or instead like, no, mija, tú sí puedes, yo con qué te ayudo, cómo lo hacemos. No, está más preocupada de que va a poder lavar, va a poder cuidar a los hijos, va a poder a, a hacer de comer. O sea, I'm sorry, is it just her in this relationship? Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't take just one person to have kids, have a house, have a whole load of laundry to do for her mm -hmm. to do it by herself. Like, that's just bullshit, too. But because of this belief, no matter how much you have to back yourself up with facts or or reason <laughs> it doesn't matter because they're so stuck onto this way of thinking and it's what's been normalized in their lives that they just continue with it they don't question it yeah it's like their ideology of like what a woman should be right and it's interesting that you brought up marianismo because micro machismo isn't talked about a lot either i think i recently learned that through a video I was uh, watching that took place in Mexico and it's in a lot mm -hmm. of protesting for the feminist movement. 
micromachismo is pretty much like the subtle acts of violence that take place on a daily life. Like those subconscious actions that Mm -hmm. happen on a regular that we also have come to normalize. Yeah, like we're desensitized to it almost. Exactly. And then there's four classifications for it too. The first one is utilitarian. It's pretty much like the belief of gender roles, right? Like, oh, tú eres mujer, tú sabes cocinar. Es donde a good woman cooks. A good woman knows how to cook. Good woman is cleaning. A good woman's doing laundry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And okay. not putting it away two weeks later. Well, no. You know what I do? I'll go and wash with my husband and we wash together. I love doing that. Both do it together, get it done and come home. Yeah. And so I like it that way too, because, you know, we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. Plus it's our bonding time. If you work together, you could do it. But my aunt was just so persistent with my cousin and how like she can't get it all done. And how is she going to do it going to school too? It's the problem. It's the problem within Latinx families, at least, even just the way you and I have grown up. But yeah. anyway, I told you. So utilitarian. You, what's that's the, the next first one. classification? Second one is hidden, as in it's not forcing physically, but using fe- feeling, almost like manipulation, just like body language, like sin decir mucho type of thing, or how men make women feel. Right. That's another okay. one. The third one is crisis related. It's uh, it's pretty much gaslighting. Por decir que se agarren ellos los hombres de que, pues yo soy el hombre de la casa. Tú tienes que hacer lo, lo que diga yo, for example. Ugh, that's gross. <laughs> it's just gross. This is set right with me. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, coercive. It's limitations of women's freedom. Por decir, no saber cómo manejar. It's, you know, having that type of control, right? De que el control it, del dinero, like the finances control, exactly. and all that. Mm-hmm. Do, the men not letting the women pay a bill because... That irks me so much. <laughs> why? Tell I'm me independent. why. I'm <laughs> independent. <laughs> because I think that's so, like, it's funny because I've actually had these conversations with my partner about when we decide to come together, our finances are not going to be together. We, it is literally going to be equally 50-50. You get to keep your own bank account. I keep my own bank account. Compra lo que tú quieres as long as your responsibilities are paid for and need to. The thing <laughs> is, así estás ahorita because you guys don't live together. I'm not saying así no va a ser. Uh-huh. But, of course, we say, es que vamos a hacer así. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because you want to keep this, you know, balance between you two. But ya cuando vivas juntos, a veces uno sin querer, you fall into traditional ways. And it's so it's, just, it's a matter of catching yourself uh-huh. and continuously having these conversations. Si no, hasta él y tú al último se agarran en this routine where se les olvida. <laughs> like, oh, shit. It's, it's a micromachismo, <laughs> right? Unfortunately, because yeah. you and I grew up believing it's, it's normalized. Normal, yeah. Right? But like, see, that's the thing for me. For me, that specific, those finances for me specifically, they're like a deal breaker because of what I saw my mom and dad go through when they split. My dad ended up taking all the money out of their bank account. He ended up taking all the money out of their savings and she was left with nothing. And that was their money together. She could have fought that, did she? She didn't until they went to court. There's a difference. You, it is más cabrona in many ways. So I know you would have been like, no, 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 motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Not just yours. Because also your mom being mentally not fully there with, you know. A Marianista. (laughs) 
<laughs> you would have stepped in and said, and that's the choice. That's a decision. That's yeah. where you would have stepped in and said, you know what? No, because para que digas tú, es que tu papá les quitó todo. Sí, pero no. Yeah. Tu mamá se lo dejó. Yeah. Right. And it could be that falls into that Marianismo mm -hmm. like mentality, right? Where, pues ya, así quedé. And it's like, with it's the very much victim. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Okay, so now I want to ask you a question. How did machismo affect you growing up? In todo. In todo. <laughs> it's still affecting me. If you or anyone you know have been a victim Dial of machismo. 1 800. <laughs> choke that hoe. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck <laughs> <Like> that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god machismo in my life no yes. existió oh girl <laughs> te la creo oh man con decirte like I saw my dad a couple of a few weeks ago and I just got married back in July tell me why I hadn't colored my hair because I did so much bleaching and so much dyeing that my scalp couldn't take it I have a very sensitive scalp and so I was like you know what I got to give my beautiful hair a break from coloring some more. So I've been letting my hair grow. Mm -hmm. And Soul has got some white, gray hair, girl. <laughs> they call me beautiful. These are white, my natural mechones. And they don't bother me. I think the, what bothers me about it is just the line of demarcation where you can see, like, where it stops, like, where it's been colored, that's the part okay. that bothers me. Not okay. the fact that I have gray hair. Uh -huh. But my dad saw me, and he mm. looked at, he's looking at my hair, and he, I, I'm like, this man <laughs> is looking at me real hard. You're like, what? <laughs> ¿Qué quieres? ¿Qué me miras? And what did he say? He's like, oh, ¿no te has pintado el pelo, da? And I'm just like, <laughs> No. And I know this about my dad. He looked at my husband with this look of, así la tiene. <laughs> like, ¿cómo te like, my dad, I think because I know the way my dad is that judgy, very. You were like, reading his mind. Yeah, because he was, because I know that's how it was with my mom. Very like, oh, she let herself go. Mm, and I feel like okay. he was looking with, he was looking at me with that look. Okay. De que ya me casé, pues ya, like. Que fácil, like, yeah, she's letting herself go so quick. Very, very judgy. Wow. Right? And the expectation because I'm married and because my husband won't like that or he's not okay with that. Or mm -hmm. I have to look good for my husband. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And would you consider that machismo? Hell yeah. Right. And so this That's is like micro machismo. <laughs> Those are the and attitudes <laughs> and the actions. So we both can agree on that. My dad literally looked at me and he asked me that. And, and I told him what happened, whatever. And my husband stepped in and he defended me. And he was like, oh, it's because, you know, her scalp, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I, I already have an answer for you, sir. Right. And he had my back, which is, I, you know, I love him to death for it. But my dad brought it up again, maybe a good 20, 30 minutes later after we've talked about that. We've he had, was like, not okay with it. <laughs> we had 20 other motherfucking conversations. Y ahí viene de vuelta con, ¿entonces vas a ir a pintarte el pelo? <laughs> I was I'm not playing. Bro, my neck almost cracked, turning over, look at him <laughs> like, the hell? I was all, mi contestación era de que, ¿y lo vas a pagar tú? Oh, period. 
Because <laughs> if you are, you, you pay the $220 that my stylist charges to get this beautiful long luscious hair done. And he was like, no, no, pues no más decía. Okay. That type of shit, girl. We're fighting. <laughs> Those are fighting words, dad. He chose violence that day. <laughs> and that's recent. This is this is a few weeks ago. O sea, and this is for my dad. And it's almost like se even pasa, different señor, things. Se pasa. Tell me about it. And even like with my mom, like there's different things and occasions that she's the one who made me carry a purse because I'm a girl. I'm supposed to carry a purse. <laughs> I hated purses. Girl. I hated them with a the passion. I was like, why can't I just wear pants with pa- with some pockets, with pockets and period. stick my shit in there and then be call it a day? Pero no, se enojaba. So yo cargaba una bolsa sin nada, dude. There was nothing in there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this purse. <laughs> purse. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I think my parents, I literally grew up completely opposite my dad was very um he was machista in the other sense machista in the sense where he was uh more controlling about what I wore um I could not wear makeup at all I couldn't paint my nails oh my god it reminds me one time yeah one time um I wore red nail polish I was in high school Y me pinté las uñas rojas. Ooh, so provocative. Yes, girl. But you know what he told me? <laughs> oh, he God. was like, solo las muchachas que se paran en la calle, en <gasps> las esquinas, se ponen y tienen su bolsita y con su chicle tienen ese color. Wow, so indirect. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I looked at him. And like, you just got out of church, sir. You just came out of church. How are you going to say that to me? His ass needed to be dunked in the holy water. This chamuco. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> girl, you need sorry, you need to go back. <laughs> but I was it's like, God day. Yes. I was so upset because I was like, and I remember telling my mom, and my mom was like, that look with the papa. But I'm like, that's it. We're not gonna have a conversation got- about this. So, but can we have also, a family meeting? Right, but see, that's the thing. It also it it stems from when they first got married. So let me let me give you a little backstory. My mom, okay, she was she was like in her late twenties, and she was a hot ass bitch. She was. I'm serious. My mom was a freaking size nine, but she wasn't a size Get nine because of her tummy. She was a size nine because of her ass. Like my mom had. So many curves. She had big boobs, very curvy, slim waist, freaking huge butt, nice legs. She's petite, so she's very curvy. And so she would go out dancing all the time, all the time, every weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, girl. And um, this is before I was born. (laughs) So (laughs) when my mom met my dad, they met dancing. So he met my mom very put together, very cute, very, you know, nonchalantly she was you know showing off her little boob line so definitely very much taking care of herself she wore makeup she did her hair all the time and so once she married my dad not even through church it was through civil wedding I found out that my mom was not allowed to wear her single gout clothes no more my dad went to the store Y la llevó a comprarse turtlenecks. 
He took her? Yeah, he took her to the store and he was like, you're buying turtlenecks. So my mom wore turtlenecks Stop. for the first five years of their marriage. Stop, I'm really? serious, yes. Porque él no quería que nadie la mirara así, but... Okay, you and I both know. You wearing a turtleneck. We're we're busty girls, y'all. You and I wear a turtleneck. Our boobs are going to look huge. But yeah. That like, ain't fooling nobody. Right. And so he Especially was Especially like, if and, you got, uh, like, you know, sizable mm-hmm. bust. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she also couldn't wear um, jeans that showed off her butt too much. Um, she couldn't wear skirts or pantyhose. Stop. I'm serious, girl. And so it reminds me of like when I started, you know, getting into that phase where I wanted to look, you know, take care of myself a little bit more. I wanted to maybe put on some mascara or maybe do my eyebrows. I was in high Catch school. a little more attention. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it was like absolutely not. And And even I think my senior year. It was my senior year, and I was like, can I wear makeup now? Like, literally asking, can I put on mask? And for me, makeup wasn't even como tú piensas, like a full face of foundation or this crazy eyeshadow. No, like, it was like, I just want to put on mascara and and color my eyebrows a little bit. <laughs> and it was a no, like, a wow. absolutely not. And so I would sneak makeup. My aunt would buy it for me, and I would have it in my backpack. <laughs> Because my aunt's thing was like, I would rather buy it for you and have you not share makeup with other girls because that's something that like your eye health, you know, you know, hygiene. And so, yeah, it just reminds me of of that, that part of like machismo and like that control. And, and you know, what's crazy is that that aspect of like machista culture also affects women and how they see themselves and it affects their self-confidence and their self-esteem. And then in turn, women always have to look for men to be able to give them their self-worth. Unfortunately, I believe they're confused between confidence and being a man, quote unquote, where men don't you know, men that don't have confidence, they think that, como tire, I'm trying to think of an example. When a man is trying to hit on a woman, right? They're trying to pick him mm-hmm. up at the bar or mm-hmm. wherever. And they try to talk to this woman and this woman rejects him. So in their mind, it, you know, I can't talk to women because they don't want men. They make it difficult for men and this and that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's their confidence. Because they're not confident, it's almost like they want to blame women for them feeling the way that they do but it, it's it's all just within it's all within their own confidence yeah right? it's, on how it's they feel about like, them mm-hmm. it's almost like when you get cat called and then when you tell them oh like no les prestas atención and you walk past them and they're like fine you fucking bitch like okay because i didn't listen to you you're hoshi flandome i'm not a dog i'm not an animal sir right 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 you're just mad because your ego got hurt I just, I think that men think that being a man is almost like being like 
the alpha they're um, yeah that's very much the thought like that's very it, much what society like engraves right. in us they don't want to be perceived as animals but they'll bring up how they're strong like a tiger mm-hmm. or they're the mm-hmm. alpha male like mm-hmm. if they were a wolf pack or whatever mm-hmm. right so they use these examples como si no saben como like a lion as if que era una cosa por ejemplo that they want to go off oh it's instinct it's manly instinct <laughs> it's <laughs> your dumbass's fault mm-hmm. just because a woman is wearing something provocative no one's forcing you to act on it fucking echate un taco de ojo be a normal yeah. fucking person mm-hmm. and look yes but be respectful yeah it doesn't it's, mean it's bad to look i look all the time my husband period all the time. i look all the time too i'm like oh damn that's a badass bitch <laughs> right and she looks good i yeah. compliment them yes, right like, damn her booty is looking right <laughs> but know the fine line of yeah. respect mm-hmm. and a problem within society is if a woman is wearing something provocative, they want to blame her because yeah. of what she wore. Mm-hmm. But it's like, who takes up on the action? For example, in this example, it would be men yeah. who act on their, I guess I can't even find the word, but it's their quote-unquote instinct. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you think of an example is drunk driving. Mm-hmm. People don't blame the alcohol. Yeah. They blame, the, blame person. the driver, mm-hmm. right? Are you going to blame the woman because she wore something? No, it's the man who decided to do what he did. He's only yeah. action on it. Okay, can I say something? Yes. I feel like because our society is very much ran by men and ran by that masculine energy, it's almost easier to blame a woman because if you start blaming the man and you start looking at that and they start looking at that as a whole, you have to look, it, it intertwines so deeply with other issues and you'll have to start changing our entire system, our entire way of being, our entire, our entire como existence, basically. And that's why it's, I feel like that's why they do it. That's why they think that, oh, es que la mujer tuvo la culpa por lo que tenía puesto. Porque andaba enseñando mucho chichi, mucha nalga, oh, mira nomás. But I feel like it is that. <laughs> it's because it's much easier to blame a woman for what they wear and try to restrict that than to sit there and blame a man it's having control it's mm-hmm. the power it's a power it's a thing. trip mm-hmm. uh-huh and if you think about it like if you go back to when we're children like even the way adults talk to us as kids for example una niña is like ay mira like mm-hmm. like so it's más como es like con más delicadeza and with boys, it's like, ay, que fuerte. Ay, mira, va a ser grandote. Mm-hmm. O sea, that's already started, right? Like, why are you laughing? Que I'm grandote. Cochina. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yes. That's Marianismo, girl. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Kidding. We're just, just trying to do it. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, but like, those are my examples, right? I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, between the two of us here, like, you know. It does start with the way they're being talked to. So, of course, it's like, boys are supposed to play with cars. Exactly. Boys, boys are supposed to do, you know, manly things. And mm-hmm. it's like, 
And it's like, what is being manly? In, yeah. In that mindset is, you know, you're expected to know how to do hands-on things and, you know, and like even just a sad part of, I've heard stories about friends that their dads took them to prostitutes mm-hmm. to have their first sexual experience. Yeah, to I get, heard that know, too. And that's gross. It's sad. I mean, yeah. saying power to the sex workers, I have nothing against Yes, no, issues. but it's not, it's the that's not the aspect that I'm saying is gross. The aspect that I'm saying is gross is that the fact that they even think about doing that, that they think about, oh, my son has to have that, his first mm-hmm. experience and, oh, he's a man. And the and machista no. mindset, yeah, right? To that's that. what's gross. Because my question is, is the dad taking their daughter to have their first experience? Right. Like, I need to be experienced too, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I want my sexual explored. Um, but it goes back to Kediran. I think mm-hmm. that because I think about it and I asked my husband, I was like, the root of it, like, why? Why does it all begin? Why is it so important to carry on these quote unquote masculine traits? You know, and he's like, it's lo que Kediran. You know, mm-hmm. it's the the whole idea behind like, well, if my son chooses to do dance classes instead of sports, like, ¿qué van a decir? All these terrible things, right? Or like mujeres or, or daughters that they don't want to do makeup or they don't want to do, yeah. you know, those more quote-unquote girly things. And they want to learn about mechanics. They want to learn how to build a bike or, you know, whatever it is. What is their focus? Is it yeah. really like in... ¿De verdad tienen en mente a sus hijos? ¿O tienen en mente qué les van a decir? Yeah. Like, what's harder for them? It's harder for them to defend against the people that surround them than um, defend their children to do what makes them happy mm-hmm. and for the well-being of their, their um, the well-being of them. Yeah, of the whole child, basically. And see, the thing is, like, something that's positive about all of this and us being able to talk about it is that I've mentioned before, Estrita, that I was a preschool teacher um, for eight years. So um, something that we actually were exploring a lot within the past maybe three or four years was the fact that because we're so desensitized to toxic masculinity, we don't realize that as teachers and as adults, we influence and pass those traits on to children. And so one of the focuses for um, preschool children was allowing them to explore the whole classroom, right? And so when I talk about that, I mean, like, like Sol said, you know, letting letting girls be a part of like the mechanics, letting the boys go into the into the kitchen, into into the dramatic play area and be able to dress up if they want to put on a dress. OK, like what's the problem with that? They're exploring They're They're being able to connect to people and women in their lives and allow themselves to kind of play with that role a little bit. And I think that it's something that it's awesome that it's being taken into consideration and that we're teaching our children as well as teaching ourselves as adults how to normalize that not just women and not just men need to have specific roles. Gender roles. Yeah, that we don't need those gender roles. Exactly. And so that's awesome that you gave that opportunity in classes because 
it already is breaking yeah. that idea that mm-hmm. they grow up with that home. And the hard part is, though, is having to explain that to parents, especially because where I worked, it was um, in a low income community and our main population of students were Latino children. And a lot of the kids are first gen. Oh, so I see. when parents would come in, they'd be like, oh, pues mi hijo solo le gusta dibujar, like, or they would come in and they would look through like the little window in our door and see that their kids were playing in the dramatic play area and they would tell me no deje que mi hijo juegue allí deje que que vaya a otro lugar a jugar and I'm like unfortunately for you I can't do that because I'm not going to go in into interrupting that child's play because that's how they're learning I'm not going to take away from their experience because of what you have in your mind. I, I didn't say that exactly, but I phrased <laughs> it in a way. I was like, dang, Luna, you went in. Yeah, but porque no podemos, but it, <laughs> you just tell them, sabe que su hijo está aprendiendo a explorar, está aprendiendo cómo um, asimilarse con el resto de de um, las identidades que él ve en su vida. So, si usted lo ve en la cocina, es tal vez porque él pasa mucho tiempo con usted y él le gusta y le atrae, yes, le atrae lo, que, lo que está pasando en la cocina. So, tal vez usted como mamá lo puede incluir en, en a la rutina de la mañana o la rutina de la tarde cuando usted está haciendo de comer, que le ayude, aprenda a hacer um, cosas saludables, aprenda Aprender a hacer um, cosas por sí mismo. Things like that, you know? And I think that that's... When, I, when we started hearing about this, it was funny because there was a lot of backlash, especially from, like, the male teachers. But it was really cool. Be, and some women teachers, too, um, especially, like, the older ones. But I thought it was really cool because we're detaching from that stigma of boys can't cry and they have to be tough and they have to... Um, control everything and and oh they have to uh wrestle each other and this and that and oh no girls can only be dainty and cute no I like that we're taking away from that stigma and attaching those gender roles to them like girls could be tough fuck I grew up being a tomboy my entire life <laughs> and so <laughs> I grew up with more guy friends and girlfriends I was just it and so I like that because it's allowing for children to feel welcome and allowing for them to explore different parts of themselves. I mean, power to you to have been able to have those conversations in the most calm and the most polite way you could have, especially (laughs) for what was going on. But going back to the emotions part, that's just... That was the problem before and continues to be the problem Mm -hmm. about emotions, even just in general within like our Latinx communities, how we continue to repress emotions. And because of that, there's so much mental damage from that, that it's also what's caused generational trauma that continues to carry on, which eventually we'll, we'll talk more into about. But in this case, with most men, they grow up believing what their dads are acting, saying, yeah. um, doing. It's it's all of it, right? And so being emotional or having emotions or being open about your emotions is not a manly act. Yeah. it It's almost like, um, think of a snowball effect, right? Where you have this 
act already of I can't express myself, I can't share my feelings, and it's just rolling down, and you're yeah. just continuously throwing it. Más grande, más grande, más grande. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. And that's what causes even bigger problems. Yeah. But de tanto querer aguantárselo because a man does not share what they're feeling, a man does not cry. Yeah. All these, you know, false beliefs, mm -hmm. which encourages them to continue those patterns yeah and they're unhealthy and i think about for example consent it used to not be talked about like it does now como por decir cuando un hombre le ruega a una mujer como sea para bailar sea para to go on a date or handle to kiss oh, yeah right. el hombre le está ruega y ruega to the woman when should they stop? When is the halt? If you're already saying no, but it is continuing. But because in our, our culture... It has to cause like a woman to get out of character and be like, a chingada tu madre, ya te dije que no. <laughs> but, <laughs> isn't that ideal? But here's the thing. You got some women who are afraid. I like that you say that, but not all women can defend themselves in that way because they're in fear of what the results may be. What if this man is one of those, I think I'm an alpha type dude. Yeah. Right? And it's like, they can't risk like them getting upset or they're so worried about their own safety that they feel they have to figure out a way to control or to manage the feelings mm -hmm. of this man who obviously is not giving up, but yeah. is not respecting boundaries, not mm -hmm. respecting consent. Yeah. It goes on to the whole machista way of thinking things, right? Because I, I've seen it happen more and more in um, Mexico, for example, when I would go to go visit. And then if you watch older movies, you got movies like, ¿cómo se llama? Oh, I can't even think of the name, but movies like the one what's the name of the movie with the guy that carries a boombox on his shoulders oh i know what you're talking about but i'm okay not sure. yeah so that movie is supposed to be a classic right mm -hmm. but if you really think about it in that movie this dude stalked her this dude would not leave her alone. O sea, she said no. She was good, pero estaba terco. O sea, dude, you're a stalker. At that point, like, you're harassing. Yeah. You're not, no, no puedes decir de que, oh, my God, es, es que tiene que rogar, tiene que... Yeah, no, no, dude, like, tampoco. <laughs> because if you think of, if you, if you switch the two, right, where it's the woman, que anda rogando a, al guy, mm -hmm. like... Ahí está point, de rogona. Ay, que, pero mira lo que yo puedo, mira mm -hmm. lo que yo tengo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it goes into almost like body count. It mm -hmm. goes into like this alpha thing. Soy bien bueno. Yeah. Soy, right, right, right. soy el bombón asesino. <laughs> mira, andan atrás de mí. But they don't have to worry about their safety. Yeah, they don't. And that, you know, it's funny. That's what I tell my partner all the time. He makes fun of me for locking all the doors at the gas station and only leaving my open he's like why do you do that and I'm like you don't know what it's like to be a woman <laughs> and he's like he he's he's like you're with me you don't have to do it I'm like no still like if I can avoid anything happening at all costs I'm gonna do it because we've been taught that shit when we used to walk on campus at night what would we do when we would leave the library two, three o'clock in the morning? We'd literally walk with our keys in between our knuckles. Yep. And that's just because of that toxic masculinity within our society and how we grow up. 
Yeah. I used to have to drive you or you would drive me to yeah, my car. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then stay until one is in the car mm-hmm. until we turn it off. on. Exactly. And then call each other. Mm-hmm. You good? Yeah, you good? Oh, mm-hmm. so it was those extra steps. Yeah. And then make sure that we got home safely and walked inside our houses safely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, it's definitely very that. Don't get me wrong. I think I don't want us to come off as if we're like attacking men because yeah, first of not. all, not all men are like that. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they're going through mental struggles as well mm-hmm. in trying to maneuver their emotions, especially when they hadn't, haven't been taught how to do so. I can't. Mental I'm not health, going to... Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. Speak. <laughs> I agree that are being taught not to cry that are being taught that to suppress their emotions Uh uh-huh it's like that's the beginning of them learning their development and how to handle their emotions right yeah that's where it stems from and it's Uh hard uh to show any any love like it's like I tell my partner um for a long time it's like you only have two emotions like either hella mad or even when you're happy it's like it's a very bland happy. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I need to see more than that. And it's taken him some time, but it's in a lot of talks. <laughs> of um, course. For it's him repetitive. To be, yeah. For him to be able to even kind of uh, branch out into different emotions and, and to express like outwardly express those emotions, because I think you're right. I think that our culture and our society as a whole have, definitely affected men in the sense where they can't express themselves they they have like a very like soldado way of thinking and Mm -hmm. that they can only be um they can only be seen as an alpha and not weak at all because if they show any sign of weakness that automatically makes them like a like how we were talking about earlier that phrase that they love to use the pussy you know don't be a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> if they only knew how powerful a pussy really is, exactly. like, it's a compliment. It's not. Right. Yeah. Don't even take it as an insult, boo. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that because of that, I think that that's what also causes like you were saying earlier like it snowballs and for men it it just builds and builds and builds on top of each other and like anyone we're all human right and like anyone we have like that breaking point and for everybody it's different and it sucks because a lot of these you know traumatic experiences can be avoided if only we learn to talk about our feelings and to talk about our emotions I feel like because of this like it's also caused you know como daño entre familias and it's caused you know like in in mexican culture specifically and latino culture that i grew up around it's very much normalized to oh it is machista si 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 tu vieja te, te habla like te resonga like to you know backhand slap her like it's and maybe the man at, at first when he does it, he doesn't want to. But because he wants to be seen as a man, lo va a ser. And that's that's the sad part about it. That because our society and our culture is very much driven with that toxicness, it causes for families to suffer. I've had these conversations with my husband often mm-hmm. because his 
stepdad is very machista. Okay. He was the type of husband to, you know, después de comer, he would leave his plate on the table. Like, ni, ni recogía su plato, right? It's difficult to hear, but that's really common. And my husband has made it clear that he doesn't want to follow that path. He wants to break the cycle within, you know, between his family, like his parents to ours. He doesn't want to be that way. And his thing is like, it's always been difficult for him to express his feelings. He's always isolated himself and always mm. pulled away from having deeper conversations or because of that same like misunderstanding of what, of how to deal with your feelings. Yeah. And I repeatedly have these conversations to at least to try to dismantle what has been engraved in our minds, both of yeah. us. Because my dad carried a lot of characteristics of machismo, but they weren't as heavy as his. And the great thing about this, though, as we're continuing to see change, is that we're able to have these conversations, like with True. our partners. True. And I feel like that is also empowering women and empowering men to be able to create healthy homes and healthy friendships and relationships between each other. And encouraging it. I think yeah. even just encouraging conversations with anyone, whether it's a man or a woman or any yeah. person. Or hombre con hombre, mujer con mujer, or, you know, lo que sea. O sea, putting aside the fear because... First of all, we've already grown up <laughs> in fear. Yeah. <laughs> and having these conversations will help normalize mm-hmm. how not normal this was. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, Sol, I know our goal is always to give advice and to start a conversation. But I want to know what you want our estrellitas to take away from this conversation. I believe. Our goal here was to to open a different view for you to see out this window and say, wow, there's a lot of red flags. Yeah. Not because you need to blame yourself, not because you need to blame anyone. I think it's focusing more, shift that energy towards you helping yourself. It's making the changes to help you grow. Mm-hmm. It's Realizing what those red flags are and and seeing that they're not normal. I think that because even you and I growing up with what we went through, I went I went through my pretty much my whole life believing I've been wrong. I carry shame. I've carried guilt in so many different ways. I've always felt like I was always walking on eggshells. And finally, after having conversations, after being open to learn about my family's ways and the way my culture has believed to do things, I now realize that I am not wrong. And everything that happened, everything, a lot of the things that happened, a lot of the things that I went through were not okay. But because it's normal, I didn't know it. So our goal here is for you to to help you see yeah what's not okay and to see that it's not your fault it's not just you mm-hmm. you know and to help yourself break 
these habits to change your way of seeing things because we can't change our past we can't change what has happened unfortunately Mm -hmm. but we can change the way we see moving forward and we can change with a lot of work as we'll see it's not easy it takes a lot easy to say but it's a lot of work (laughs) right it's making changes for yourself and working hard on giving yourself a whole new perspective giving yourself a whole new way of thinking and being a cycle breaker yeah I like that I agree I agree that it's it's a it's allowing for you to see those red flags and creating awareness. I want Throw to those motherfuckers out. Yes, red flag. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, Estrellitas, I just want to say thank you for listening and continue shining your light and let your stories be heard. Give us a follow and please subscribe. 